We are like trees that were uprooted, but the roots remained in the ground. For me, exile uh, from my country is another prison, I think. And uh, unfortunately, nothing has become normal. Yes, any day I may be killed because we are not safe anywhere in the world. I woke up with like this sounds of uh, shooting and bombing coming from everywhere. 110 million. That's the number of people who have been forcibly displaced around the world due to persecution, conflict, violence and human rights abuse. This record level is reached as ongoing conflicts in Ukraine and Sudan have forced millions of people to flee their homes. Out of that number, 35.3 million were refugees or people who crossed an international border to find safety under the mandate of UN agencies. This is Beyond the Headlines, and today, as we are commemorating World Refugee Day, we are featuring three people from three conflict-torn countries sharing the same fate. They endured the pain and harsh realities of displacement firsthand. I'm Anjana Shankar, and I have spoken to Tamanna Paryani, an Afghan refugee in Germany, Svetlana Kornichuk, a Ukrainian woman who fled to Poland, and Ayman, a Sudanese citizen who escaped war to Uganda. But before we start, if you want to get all the latest episodes as soon as they come out, then just hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Svetlana, a young mother and a dentist, thought her life couldn't be happier when she was returning home after a ski holiday in February last year. But when her town in Kharkiv came under heavy bombing, her son and her parents were home. When I arrived in Kharkiv and hugged my son, I immediately realized that my home was located in an extremely vulnerable area. It is downtown, just off the main square, which is the largest square in Ukraine. Actually, the second largest square in Europe. For the next four days, we were under constant bombardment. I was terrified for the life of my child and my parents, who were still in our apartment, under missile attack. We didn't eat, didn't sleep. Every time I tried to leave, the fear paralyzed me. Her apartment in the center square came under a Russian missile attack and the family escaped because they hid in the bunker. Svetlana says they packed a few clothes and boarded the train to Poland and from there to Portugal. Svetlana struggled to describe what happened on that day. She kept saying, her English is not good enough to explain the whole ordeal. My story is very long. And because of the language barrier, I can't convey the details of this terrible tragedy of one family. If you think about it, not only we lost our beloved home, but with everything that was happening, our lives were broken apart. The fate of Ukrainians was broken. We are like trees that were uprooted, but the roots remained in the ground. We left our home due to emergency. We arrive in another country, but in this country life goes on as usual, and people do not understand what's happening. God forbid they never understand, and you feel like a stranger. Her husband, Yurov, is still in Ukraine. She says her three-year-old, Eric, hasn't seen his father since the start of the war. She's struggling to establish her practice, and she misses her home dearly. She showed me pictures of her beautiful apartment 
and the Christmas and New Year celebrations they had there. But that building has now been reduced to rubble. Both my house and the clinic were on the same street, just two minutes apart by walking. This was the most beautiful street in the city that overlooked the main square. In the photo of the last New Year in the apartment, the main square with the Christmas tree could be seen from our window. The rest of the photos are after the destruction of my house. My apartment was like an art gallery. I was very fond of the paintings, but not a single one remained. It was our family tradition to capture memories throughout the life. I no longer have any photograph of my child growing up. As the war continues even after a year and Ukrainian city is still coming under attack, Svetlana does not know when she can go back. Since the beginning of the invasion, we Ukrainians stopped making any plans for the future or the future of our children. It's very scary to live without any goals. As much as I loved it, I'm trying to forget my formal happy life. It hurts even more for me to realize that it will never be the same as it was. As Svetlana is struggling with her new life in Portugal, in another European country, in Germany, Tamana Pariani, a 25-year-old Afghan refugee, is still haunted by the torture she endured in a Taliban jail. I was around one month in jail. They tortured me a lot. And uh, because of uh, my injuries, they keep me in jail for one month. Tamanna was arrested from her apartment in Kabul in January last year after taking part in a women's rights protest. She is the founder of the Liberty and Women's Movement and organized protests in many cities after Taliban took over the country. There were various tortures all of by groups. I'm sorry, but it is not easy when I talked about jail. It was... It was a nightmare. When I talk about this, it hurt me. Though Taliban denied she was arrested, Tamanna told me she and her two sisters were arrested and put in separate cells before they were let go. Even after being released uh, from prison, I was in Kabul for months, living in hiding. And finally, under uh, the cover of Taliban wearing with burqa, I entered Pakistan with a thousand problems and got off my country, my motherland. Yeah, I live uh, with my family in Germany now, but for me, exile uh, from my country is another prison, I think. And uh, unfortunately, nothing has become normal. Living far away from Afghanistan, she says she still fears for her life. Yes, any day I may be killed because we are not safe anywhere in the world. And uh, I have never been afraid of uh, tourists. What they will do, their greatest achievement will be to kill me. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of anything. I think uh, I die and came back to life many, many times in uh, prison. I experienced everything that was travel. There is nothing left to be afraid of. 
living in a strange country is hard for her and her family, she says. I think uh, becoming an uh, immigrant and being exiled uh, is a big pain. It is like uh, a child who starts everything from beginning, but in a foreign country, you are a stranger to everyone and uh, for everything. And I think it is too much difficult. It is difficult for me. Women continue to suffer grave inequalities under the Taliban rule. Women are banned from schools and workplaces. They are being erased from public places. Tamanna says she's worried for the women in her country. For sure, uh, my biggest concern is uh, about my people and my country. A large part of the peace of my life uh, depends on the peace and freedom of my people, uh, which they do not have it, unfortunately. And my mind is always with them. I just hope that uh, the world will not ignore our struggle and will not allow terrorists uh, to become powerful. And I hope the women of the world stand together and raise their voice for the lost freedom of their fellows. Being a refugee means uprooted from one's homeland, forced to leave behind everything they have, not by choice, but for the lack of it. I have also spoken to Ayman this week, a Sudanese citizen who had to leave when the civil war broke out in Sudan on April 15th. I live in Khartoum, in uh, Ma'amura area. Uh, when the war started, it was like in a very early time uh, that day, on I guess uh, April 15th, during Ramadan, just a few days before the uh, Eid al-Fitr. I woke up with like these sounds of uh, shooting and bombing coming from everywhere. His house in Jazeera district was safer in the first few days of war. But soon he found himself on the run as bombings continued and Sudan blew up into an all-out conflict. But soon, like shortly, within three days, even the bombing and shooting uh, moved to our area and uh, become also dangerous. Yeah, we had to move again from our house along with our uh, brothers and their families to our extended family in Jazeera state. The mass exodus had begun and people were scrambling to escape Sudan via borders. Ayman said thousands were pouring into Jazeera and families were kind enough to welcome them. Those who couldn't afford to rent houses or hotels went to big cities. Soon the commodities and uh, goods at the supermarket become like that. Uh, there was some, the internet uh, and the electricity also. The, there was a shortage in electricity and water for a long time. I decided, at that time, I decided to leave the country itself. And I had to do this uh, only through the border because there is no any uh, flights uh, available at the moment. Khartoum International Airport. Like hundreds and thousands, he headed to the Ethiopian border with his wife and three small children. He said he had to wait for a week to get through with visa restrictions and other procedural delays. One of the difficulties was the rule that anyone crossing into Ethiopia 
should have a valid visa from a third country. Ayman said he was just lucky to apply for a Kenyan visa online and got it within three days. From Ethiopia, he reached Kampala in Uganda a few days ago. And Ayman hopes his children can go back to school and have a normal life. Tamanna, Svetlana and Ayman were living different lives in three different parts of the world. But now they share the same fate. And so are millions of refugees around the world who are united in their pain and hope. The pain of having to leave everything behind and the hope that someday they can go back to their own countries. I'm Anjana Shankar and thank you for listening. Thanks this week to Svetlana, Tamanna and Ayman for sharing their stories with us. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Doa Fari. Remember to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with others who might benefit from it.